I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So uh, this is awkward. Trick or treat. How was your night? My night was wonderful. Uh, Trick or treated with my little guy, with my brother and uh, my nephew, his son, Gavin. And um, yeah, that, I mean, tons of candy, but let's, let's just cut through all the, the niceties. Okay. All the bullshit. Okay. Go ahead. Last, I get home last night. Yeah. Didn't look at my phone the entire night. I That's home, good. I, yeah, you know, it was it was really about Brody and Halloween, and I get home, I flick on the Sabers game, and it says eight to three. Boom, shakalaka. Okay. Yep. So I'm like, oh great. I'm going to go see who scored all the goals and got a bunch of points. Cause you know, you know that in an eight, three game that there's going to be a cookie monster somewhere. There's always one guy that comes out of the game with, I don't know, four points. Yeah. Who got four points tonight. That's what I said. Who got four points. So I went to the NHL thing, the worst website in the league. And I went and I clicked on the, the game center and I just start scrolling across and you see Tage Thompson. Yeah. Tage Thompson. Tage Thompson. Tage Thompson. So I saw his name six times on eight of the goals. Six. So I'm like, okay, this is true. Everything I'm saying to you right now is true. Okay. And I said, oh, shit. I know what I've said in the past. And I'm going to go and just see if there's anything in my inbox about Tage Thompson's game tonight and his contract. I expected something from the trolls who I love because they listen to the show. And again, this is pro sports. So it's all in good fun. It's all of our hobbies. Okay. So there should be no venom behind our arguments and debates. Okay. Yep. It's good to have strong opinion. It's great to have passion, but there should be no hatred or venom because it's just a sport. However, so I go to look and I am expecting the (laughs) worst of the worst from the trolls. And the biggest troll of all comes in over the top. And not only did he come what, in over what did I say? I don't remember, I don't remember writing anything not last only did night. He come, yeah, it's because you were probably 12 bourbons deep and you don't remember. I want oh. a public apology. No, I'm kidding with you. And you don't even have the intestinal fortitude, because to be honest with you, I don't know if we're allowed to say balls anymore. So you didn't even have the guts. 
to add me to the tweet. You chicken shit. You chicken shit. And don't even say, I don't know know how to handle Twitter. (laughs) You can go off the rails and tweet everything else and do it right. You're gutless. Anyway. Yeah, fuck. I said it. Should have waited. Oh, how's that feel, bud? How's that feel? Is Tage Thompson just answer the question seriously? Has Tage Thompson shown you enough to get an extension on his contract? Just just after you know the nine. Okay, I'm not going to go and take the 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 hard argument and say, well, he's had nine points in two games. Let's finish the season. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. Okay, not even for the sake of entertainment. Um, I think it's great. I mean, that's that's the part. Were you I worried think. about him at all? I don't think I was worried about him. I I think I was I getting nervous to for him. Seen- like I felt like I'm feeling like because I listen. Now, I did not sign a Tage Thompson contract, but back when I played twenty years ago, I signed a contract that was that was well over my means. That was well over what I should have been paid. Okay. I can tell you why that happened through the CBA and, and what it allowed me to, you know, I would have become an unrestricted free agent at 27. This is back when free agency unrestricted free agency was 32. I would have been unrestricted at 27 because there was a screw up by Montreal. So they had to sign me. They paid me way more than what I was worth. Okay. I went into that year. I was a head case. I thought that every single night I had to produce to the level of the contract that I was playing every single night and it wore on me. And I started to watch Tage Thompson at the start of the year. And I don't think Tage Thompson played bad at all. I think he actually was very solid. Even though he wasn't producing the points, he was playing some solid hockey. Okay. And I was just worried about him that that he was going to put a ton of pressure on him and that the season would start to spiral. It's amazing that you're saying that because I just pulled up his game logs and as much as everybody wants to be right in the world, I was very happy for Tage after the Chicago game for the exact reasons that you just mentioned. Okay. Because I'm sitting here thinking, I don't want this kid to buckle under the pressure. I know that I said I would like to see it, the, the team just wait and have them earn it. That's just because that's normally that's standard operating procedure. So, and it's a smart way of doing it. Well, th- yeah. I said this th- on this Trent is very. Reagan. This was very risky. So Kevin Adams, at the end, I'm not going to come out here saying I was wrong. I'm going to come out here saying he was a fucking genius if this, if this works out. Because how I was how I was suggesting of going about it is not unorthodox. It's not no. an out of the box crazy way of thinking. Okay, and I'm not defending my stance. I will just say that in the last two games, there is nobody happier, and maybe you are, but there, to me, I'm very happy for Tage Thompson because I can't imagine after going zero points in game one, zero points in game two, scored in game three. Got to make him feel a little better, right? Got to make him yeah. be like, okay, good. I got one in the third game. Z- one assist game four, one assist game five, zero zeros. And you're sitting there saying, this is, yes, he might only be making 1.6 or 1.7 this year, but he wants to have a great year to show yeah. that that contract was made. Justify the, the money. Right. So now you're sitting there and he, he would have had a goal and two assists going into the Chicago game. 
That's not a good start. In seven for, games. In seven games. Not horrendous, but when you're looking at that, what, what I was thinking to myself is seven games have gone by. He's got one goal. Thank you. I started. I, I, I'm i doing the math. This. I'm like, if he plays 77 games, it's 11 goals. Yes. Now he's and I've seen to- players. I've seen players. I've played with players. I've watched players spiral the wrong way because the amount of pressure that they put on themselves and the amount of pressure that the city, the media members are putting on a player because they're trying to justify Craig, everybody's looking at the same thing we're looking at they're just not pouncing yep. on it yet because it's early and they don't want it to blow up in their face yeah well uh, listen so, so I, to, to just go back i'm super happy for tage i know you are i know you are listen i mean we had a we had a we had a discussion we've had heated discussions like literally heated discussions how many times <laughs> did people on our that listen to our podcast regularly they're, they, they, we have awesome listeners. Amazing. They're very they engaging, it. very engaging. And they're sitting there going, okay, enough with the Tage Thompson contract, because me and you are both in agreement of one thing that we're both Tage Thompson fans. You have a different philosophy than I do. And I respect it. And I actually, I actually, and this is the crazy shit about it is I sit there after we get off the podcast and literally go to battle on our stance. And my stance was to sign Tage Thompson now because he's got one more year because before he's unrestricted and don't give him the opportunity of going out and scoring 35 but, but goals. You, believe, and having you did goals. believe strongly that it wasn't a one hit wonder for him. No, I year. don't. And, and, and me, I, I just, you know, William, Carlson you just want him to example. earn it. That's it. Yeah. That was if it. If he earns it, then you're you're just going to pay him the money. That yeah, it has deserves. nothing to do with the dollars and cents. It has yeah. to do with the timing of it. That's, That's right. all it was. There's no animosity toward the money. I'm all about you guys can make more money, make more money. Yeah. But, and and listen, I mean, I I've watched Tage and even even back when he first came here. Okay, he got traded in a massive, massive, massive deal for Buffalo. Buffalo was just dumping money. Um, they were dumping one of the top players on their team in Ryan O'Reilly. They didn't want to pay him the, the seven and a half million dollar signing bonus. It, you know, and we turn around and got five players out of that deal. Five players. One of them quit. Literally. I think it was halfway through the season, which is like, I've never even seen this before. He, he, he hated Buffalo so much. He just quit. I've never seen that left millions and millions on the table. That's how much he hated Buffalo in that environment back then. You look at what happened with Ryan O'Reilly, you know, guy wins the con Smythe. He wins the Selkie wins the Stanley cup. And now all of a sudden this trade becomes the most egregiously bad trade, you know, in the history of, of, of Saberland. And, you know, there's like this young gangly six foot seven kid first round draft pick. I think he was around what? 25th overall PD. And he, I saw signs of some really skilled play, the way he handles the puck, the way he shoots the puck, his skating was solid, not great, but he's also six, seven, and he also was 20 years old. So he still had to grow into his body. Buffalo Sabres made some really good choices back then. They made the choice, a really tough choice too, by the way, to send him to the minors. 
They sent him to the minors. He went and played 20 minutes of ice down there. He was on the first power play. He was gaining confidence in his play and just playing. And now you look at what he is right now. I mean, are you credit? Are you got to throw a little credit to Jason Bottrell on that one. He brought him here to, you know, had some, had some uh, say yeah. in his development. Well, you know, listen, I mean, let's, uh, you know, you can sit there and say Jason Bottrell, great on him for bringing in Tage Thompson. He didn't want Tage Thompson. He wanted the other kid, Thomas. But he got Thomas. St. Louis, St. Louis did not want to and give up not, Thomas. And, and that's not wrong Thompson. either. <laughs> I mean, what's not wrong that's, for him to that's not a wrong. That's not no, wrong either. To want, to want Matchbox 20. But he got Tage, and Tage had a big game last night. Let's talk about his moves, man. As great as the goals are, the the his patented one timer, and I say patented, but I mean that's that's his shot. I mean that's a big spot for him on uh, with that one timer. I'm more impressed by his passing. I'm more. His I'm hands more are insane. His stick handling through the uh, you know, and then going one way to the other way around the goalie was absolutely phenomenal for a big guy to be able to move side to side like that with such a long reach and pull the puck from one side of his body to the other, but to make those passes, just the vision, the, the thought to even make those plays, to be that creative. I mean, Tage Thompson went through a couple tough games. I'm sure that he um, had pressure on him, but from what I understand, Kyla Poso, Don Granato has taken Tage's side and, and talked to him. Talk to him behind closed doors. Talk to him about, you know, listen, I mean, you, the contract's signed. Okay, the money's in the bank. Now it's just go out, enjoy, and do the things that you do well. Do what you love. Play free. And seen a different, different Tage Thompson in the last couple games. It's, nice you know what? It, like you can't, don't look any further than that Chicago game. You know, that Chicago game was a big game for him. Couple goals and assist, you yeah. know, and that's a that's a big game. Big game for the Sabres because the Hawks were surprising people. And I know they're they're not yeah. they're not Colorado and they're not Calgary who Buffalo beat anyway and they're they're not some of the higher up teams who I don't even know who the fuck the higher up teams are these days in the league because it yeah. just seems it seems like everybody's good. Seems like everybody's good, with the exception of maybe four or five teams that you can legitimately say are not good teams. Yeah. Well, I think you know, everybody's pretty You know good. what's interesting about the Sabres? When I watched the Sabres play, they played they they play a very fast, they're a very fast team. Okay. They move the puck exceptionally well. We can sit here and we can talk about Jeff Skinner, Tage Thompson, Alex Tuck, you know, Dylan Cousins playing lights out. You know, you know, you have um Peyton Krebs, okay, Peyton Krebs right now, as much as he's not on the score sheet, he's flying out there. He is working. This kid is a very highly skilled kid that's working. There's so many guys on this roster. The biggest thing that they need to worry about, and it's not even worry about, it's a process. They are like Owen Power, which I am absolutely not worried about him at all. He's playing, he's playing solid hockey. I wouldn't say that, that we're sitting there going, wow, this is, this is the kid. This is, he's 20 years old. No, it's look at Darlene, man. This guy gets three years. He gets two years, two and a half years before. I don't even think he's going to need that long. 
Maybe right not. now, but Owen Power has a grace period for crying out loud. Yes, I mean, he does. He he has a grace period of of figuring out the league, figuring out the pace. The kid is absolutely lights out. He is an unbelievable player. But it's as he gets older, as he gets more mature in his game, he is going to elevate this team because of his play. Right now, he's making some rookie mistakes. And I'm sure Don Granado right now and, and Marty Wilford on the back end is okay with him making mistakes. He's supposed to make mistakes. He's 20 years old. It's his first year in the league. Okay. But as he gets older, as he gets more mature, as season goes on, I think Owen power is going to get better and understand how to really maximize his game in the NHL game. Yeah, I, a lot of, uh, a lot of really not, good things. There, I'm not even, I'm not even uh, focusing on Owen Power right now. The team's, the team's going well. He's, he's earning his stripes. You know, if we're gonna sit here and say, you know, the Tage Thompson signing was brilliant, the Rasmus Dahlin three-year deal was fucking stupid. Should have just signed him to an eight for eight or an eight for eight and a half right out of the gate because he is. Unfortunately, Craig, he is going to be making three and a half more million than that. What? What? You, you listen. I understand where you're going. Okay, I understand the host of the instigators, and you are you are there to throw uh, topics out. But you and I both know. You and I both know that that deal that they signed Rasmus Dahlin to back at the time was way more than what he deserved. Way more than what he deserved. He has become. But isn't this what you expected him to become in that three-year deal? I, I'm just saying. Uh, yes. Yes. I, and I and I do agree. I do agree that I at the time I did say great deal, but don't say that if I can if I can't sit here and be told, hey, I told you so about uh, Tage Thompson that I no, can't because sit- they're different. Well, they are different, but they're no, no, they're, no, no, no. They were they they were in very different situations when they signed their deal. Tage Thompson came off as thirty eight goal season, or thirty eight goals, sixty eight points, became the number one center. Rasmus Dahlin, the year that he signed that contract, a large part of that year, we were scratching our heads saying he might not even have success in the American Hockey League. Well, that's this that's team- how much struggle he had under Ralph Kruger. Ralph Kruger. Holy shit balls. Well, what happened last year under Don Granato? That was year one of that six six million dollar deal, right? But didn't we all I'm saying is didn't we just expect this to happen? Didn't did we not think that this would be the Rasmus Dalling? Not maybe not 12 points in nine games. I mean, I, I'm just Don Granato should be getting an agent fee for what he has done to Rasmus <laughs> Dalin. No joke. No joke. I want you to think back to what we watched from Henry Yoki Haru to Rasmus Dahlin, Casey Middlestat's playing on, on, he's not even in the lineup. He's playing with, uh, you know, just pickup hockey with the, the extra guys. I mean, the mindset of so many players were absolutely Jeff Skinner was playing on the fourth. Oh my Jeff Skinner was playing on the fourth line. There was a personal Curtis Curtis Lazar and Riley Sheehan. I'm going to say it again. Jeff Skinner was on the fourth line. 
How is that even possible? I said it the whole year. I'm like, what is going on with Ralph Kruger in this shit that I'm watching? Like it is unbelievable. Marty Wilford deserves a little bit of love for this too. He is the defense coach. Just saying, got to throw, got to throw him some love. Marty Wilford coaching staff, Don Granato talking, communicating, giving these guys a lifeline, uh, you know, a life jacket they're drowning. as a whole makes a huge difference for these young players too. Not playing you know, the in funny a, thing is I not watch playing like, in a shitty, miserable environment. These players lo- love to be here. So I, I, I was on Twitter the other day, um, scrolling through and I see, I can't remember what it was. I can't remember who tweeted it out. I think it, it could have been the Sabres tweeted it out where after the, after the practice, all of the boys were hot. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week you're here is in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. In the middle of the ice, usually doing their stretch at the end of practice, like you do, right? Then practice. But the boys all got really, really tight. So it was a really tight circle. And they had... They had Peyton Krebs in the middle. I would pay anything to be in that circle of trust right there because that is what the boys play for. Right there. You want a tight team? I'm sitting there looking at this picture. I looked at it. I'm not what kidding you. What do you think was going on in there? Was there I'm a story, not story going on? It was for 10 minutes. I 10 minutes I was making it big, making like and looking at the individual faces of the guys and there was huge smiles guys with their heads down and they send me that picture you need to find it and send it to me i, I will i will send this to you what do it you was think amazing. they were saying i know exactly what what, what, what day was saying. this what day was this was this after vancouver or after the road trip? oh no 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 this this would have been this might have been after chicago this was very recent and was this you Sunday have, morning? You have this been Sunday? Monday. This is a night an after a night out on do Chippewa. Your job. Just do your job and 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 figure this stuff out there, bud. Good morning. Yeah, I, I got look, a feeling what's coming. You look Let's like God it. right now. It's like I'm ready. Vanner's, Vanner's loosening up this morning because <laughs> it's going to be <laughs> a bit of a battle here. Tage Thompson, I was always on your side. I thought that was a great deal. And I know, you know, the year before he scored nine and then do, but the one thing you can't teach is size and he can skate. I, I thought I, that deal, when I saw it, I'm like, this is a great deal. I mean, he's, uh, I think he can, he's only going to get better. I mean, I don't know. I've, and I've said this to you guys before, what is he six, seven? And what does he weigh? 220. He looks like, yeah. I mean, he looks like Tyler Myers. Remember when, when Mizey yeah. came like young, tall, skinny. And I mean, you add 20, 30 pounds to that frame. Yeah. He's only going to get better. I mean, that shot's not going away. The skill set is going away. If Thomas, anything, he's going to get more powerful. What do, uh, for someone like Tage, what does the last two games do for him? I mean, he, he not, I don't want it. Well, first of all, is, is in seven games, a goal and two assists or 
two assists, is that a, a, a slow start for a guy who signed a $50 million deal? I don't know if it's a slow start because I mean, goal scorers get streaky. I mean, yeah. I, mean it's, okay. I mean, it's not like he's been playing bad. I think that goal in Edmonton really helped him out. You know, that was an awesome goal. And I think you saw it from there on out. His game just built sometimes with goals. I mean, Skinner is a perfect example. He got that first one. And I think he's playing much better. So I think when you're a goal scorer, you get that first one, and I think you, you're starting to feel it. Then all of a sudden you shoot. So the then what what is more. what what's he feeling after the Chicago game? I mean, that's got to be a huge boost of boost of confidence. He gets two goals and an assist and a big comeback win against the Hawks. And then he comes out and has six points last night against a team that a team that we said the Sabres have to beat this year. Like Detroit's a team that got better. Ottawa's a team that got better. These are teams they have to beat in order to make mm-hmm. that next step in their uh, movement toward a wild card spot. So what do the last two games do for a guy like Tage then? Well, I think it just it, it just keeps building, right? And it's confidence. I mean, we, we have talked about this before. I mean, you can have the skill set and everything you want, but... If you're not confident out there that the game is is fast, and I think for him right now that the game slows down, I think that's a perfect example on his uh, second and third goal, right? Instead of just grabbing a puck and shooting it, he was patient. He was patient, especially in that last goal. I mean, what a move that was, and that's that's an all-world move, and that just shows you the game slowed down, and he's he's feeling it. It's a similar move he did in Edmonton, right? I mean, that's a move that with him, if he can be patient and then. You know, go from the backhand to his his forehand. I mean, he's got a reach of about eight feet. So I mean, that's a, he slides that in, and it was a beautiful goal. I mean, it's uh, confidence sky high right now. And now you just want him to keep shooting the puck. And I mean, he's not going to keep this pace up. Obviously, that's insane. But yeah, he's going to continue to be a dominant force. And then again, now now the big key for him is don't get pretty. Keep shooting the puck. I mean, he's he's I well, mean, the first like, goal, he shoots, shot. He shoots a ton. And, and for me, when I watch as, as a player, um, I think sometimes he shoots too much and who the hell am I to even like, you're better. You're a much, much, much better guy to be able to kind of say, I think he shoots too much, or he might've been able to, um, you know, pull back, control the puck and make a better play because he's Mm -hmm. blasting pucks from everywhere. I mean, he's blasting pucks when the goaltender sees the shot and he's from on the outside, which you're not scoring, you're not scoring goals from, from that far. Well, and, out, and, right? and Thomas, I, I said to Craig earlier today too, I don't know, like his goals were beautiful. That one goal that you're talking about, but his passes were almost even, I'm more impressed by his passes that he made. Especially the one on Quinn's goal, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's the one where a lot of guys in the corner, they shovel it up to the D or they just kind of, fire to the net and the mixer and see something good happens. He used the size. I mean, he just, you know, wheeled out of it, shielded the puck well, went behind the net, had his head up, and then just, you know, kind of laid it in there and then Quinn finished it. I mean, uh, but again, I, I go back to the last two games and I think the biggest change is I think it's Oki on that line. I think Oki's he's, he's, he's done a good job. I think Oki, to me, he looks very healthy right now. I think he's skating really good. And uh, he creates space. And the one thing with Oki, I, I don't think sometimes because he's so big and powerful, people don't notice it. He's super smart. And I think he opens up a lot of space for Skinner and, and Thompson. So I think it's uh, it was a great move, you know, rather than have him playing on the fourth line with, with, with Z, especially the way he's skating right now. And if Oki, as I mentioned, feeling healthy, you leave him there as long as possible. You know, Oki is not going to be a guy that's going to check his shoulder, see who's going to go in. He's going. 
He's going, okay? He's moving his feet. He's not the fastest guy in the team. That's by any stretch, but he's extremely smart with the way that he forechecks and angles guys into bad situations, you know, goes in, lays lays a little bit of a body, and you look at the one, you look at the one goal, um, um, Oki was the four checker on, mm-hmm. on the one play where Tage Thompson's the second man into the pile. He one touches a pass to Jeff Skinner in front of the net and the pucks in the net. And that all starts with Kyle Poso. We're all looking at Tage Thompson and going, yeah, another assist by Tage. Tage doesn't get the opportunity to do that. If Kyle does not do the job of, you know, you know, the thankless job of, of four checking and, and taking a man out. No, it's absolutely. So I thought that that line, that that combo is really, it's been awesome. I think I really elevated Skinner's game too. Where I think that the first five, six games, I think he, he was, he was okay. I think the last two, he's been great. What's going to suck though, after this, this whole conversation though, guys, and I hate to bring this up is when at the end of the year, I mean, you laugh Thomas, but at the end of the year, when Tage Thompson is, 44 goals and 93 points and he leaves fucking 21 million on the table. Just saying, never should have signed that deal. He should have waited. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way of looking at it, right? But he's going to be you think you think 7 for 50, well Thomas, you know all about 7 for 50, but I'm just saying, you know, he could have he could be looking at 8 for what's 8 times 9? 72? That's his number. You make a joke about that. <laughs> yeah. You make a joke about that? But but when when Tage Thompson signed the deal with the Sabres and signed for a seven-year deal for $7.14 million a year, my thought on that was this is a great deal for both sides. Tage Thompson has not shown that the longevity of producing points in the National Hockey League. He's done it one year, 38 goals, 68 points, had a fantastic year. He he could have waited. And if you would have waited and if you would have put up 38 goals and 75 points and he's a number one center in the league, he's six, seven, two twenty. He's a power play guy, penalty kill guy. He is going to make nine plus million dollars a year on, on, on the unrestricted free agent market. But he chose to take the guaranteed money to take the money right now, $50 million life changing and you move forward. But there's two ways, there's two trains of thought that Tage Thompson could have could have went through. And, you know, right now, for me, I, I, I think it's a great move for Tage and it's a great move for the Sabres moving forward um, because they're going to have some big contracts that Craig, need to be signed. You know, I'm kidding, right? Like, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know you explanation about what you're saying. I'm kidding. Yeah, it's a, it's a, re, it's yeah, a realistic listen. scenario. But I'm not it's a realistic. Serious. It's a realistic scenario, but I think it's very unrealistic because yes. yeah, no well player said. looks at it like that. I don't think he's right. ever going to regret signing that deal. I think he no. went from a salary from 1.4 to 50 million. It's an easy choice. I don't think yeah. he's going to sit there after this year and be like, man, I could have made 18 more or 20 more. Yeah, I don't think you. I'll tell you what, for all the assholes that were shitting on me after last night's game, I'm going to be saying it all summer long. I hope this guy gets 120 points this year and undervalues himself by about 7 million. So I can sit here and just be like, told you you shouldn't have signed. (laughs) (laughs) Let's change gears here. (laughs) I don't know if you saw 
Our friend Jeremy Roenick tweets the other day on, on sure about Toronto. He is lighting up the Leafs and you know, what, what are you looking at there in Toronto and saying needs to change? But when do you really judge a team? Thanksgiving, U.S. Thanksgiving, which is That's late right. November. Yes. So I don't see any changes before before that because, I mean, we're nine games in, and, I mean, you look at the standings, how far are they out of the playoffs? One point. One point. I mean, they're, they're not, you know, they're not San Jose. They're not Arizona. They're not Columbus. I mean, Well, they lost all those teams, though. So. Right. And I think that that's a team they will play better against the better teams. I mean, it, it goes quick. I mean, it, it really does. I don't think they're, you know, teams have slow starts. I mean, I mean, look, look at the teams that are out of the playoffs right now in the East. Tampa is out, right? Yeah. Toronto is out. Pitt is out. Are yeah. those all teams that you guys had in at the start of the year? Yes. Exactly. So it, does that mean they're not going to be in anymore? And you know what? You can go to the West and say the same. Colorado's out. Nashville's yep. out. St. Louis is out. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's Minnesota's out. They had a great year last year. Yeah. Chicago. So I just in. think it's, 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 <laughs> you know, what's like, awesome about this though. You have the Toronto Maple Leafs right now that sit with 10 points. They're 21st in the NHL. 21st. Mm-hmm. They're four wins, four losses, one loss in overtime. Okay. Mm-hmm. If they win one game. Hold on. Where are you, Toronto? <laughs> four, no, they're four wins, four losses, and two uh, losses in overtime. Yeah. They sit with 10 points. They win one game. It brings them to 12 points. They're tied with the fourth place New Jersey Devils. <laughs> and that's my whole, I mean, you, that's one game, right? I mean, I don't know their schedule this week, but I'm assuming. They play tonight against, against Philadelphia at home. They're coming yeah. off that, that tough road trip. There you go. So even if they have three games this this or four games this week, and you know they put two, three, four game winning streak together, all of a sudden they're at eighteen points, and they're like, oh, oh we're back in. You know, I th- I think you know place. just just reading reading you know people that cover the Leafs up in Toronto and some of the thoughts up there, and it's it's something we talked about yesterday too. I just think that the issue for people in Toronto and what's hard to stomach is the fact that they should be eight and two or even 10 and oh that's that's the problem is that like you know you so san jose that's a win that should have been a win la should have been a win arizona arizona anaheim and montreal nine and one i mean is where realistically they should be or could be and they're not i think you guys know you guys know come on you guys are like you guys played the game. Don't don't give me the shit. I mean, no, they I was, should. I was you on a know. roster. I didn't play. <laughs> no, PD, don't give me the shit. Don't 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 go that way because that's a dangerous game. They should have won this. They should have won. You guys have been there. I mean, we've all played in games where we're on shitty teams beating good teams, and we're on, on really good teams lost to shit. That's not how it works. That's why you play eighty-two games, and even the shitty teams end up with twenty-some wins. How does that happen? Who's the worst team right now? St. Louis. In the league. <laughs> in the league. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Let's 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 pin this here. Anaheim. November. Anaheim. St. Louis. <laughs> so Anaheim has what? One win? Two. Or, yeah, they got two wins. Yeah, they're two, six, and one. Arizona. They, they beat, they beat Toronto. 
They beat Toronto. There so you go. Who, who are you putting the blame on, though, uh, Vanner? Like, we're, you're, we're not talking some middle-range team in Toronto. We're talking about a team that last year, the year before, they've mm-hmm. been a top team in the league. They're a t- they should be a top-five team this year with what they have in their roster. And they are. They who? are a top-five team. No, they're not. Yeah, they, they not are. Right now, they're not. Not right now because we're nine games in or ten games in. Yeah. I think what's what's going on is they're their top guys, and especially Austin Matthews, he hasn't found his group yet. And all it takes is just like we talked about Tage Thompson. I mean, he goes out tonight and scores two, maybe he scores a hat trick, and boom, off he goes. And that team takes off. I mean, yeah. I think the conversation with Toronto is or my own personal thought is why why people are talking change, change, change is because you have Joel Quenville sitting out there and you got Barry Trot sitting out there. If those two guys would be employed by NHL teams and you don't have those two names out there, I think the conversation would be a bit different. Barry Trotz did say that he would like to uh, coach for an original six team. Weird. How many original six teams (laughs) need coaches? We looked at all of them. I know. It's Toronto's the only one. I know, but I mean, man, I, I do understand that you, you can't change 10 players. You, you, the easiest thing to do is to fire a coach. But let's, let's, let's see. Let's give them a few more weeks and let's see if those top guns can find their game. And, um, and again, if they're sitting here in four weeks from now and 20 games in or 25 games in, and what is the number? They're not well, then it's 20 not. quarter season. Yeah. Thanks. They have 10 more I games. Think, yeah. 10 more games. 10 more games and see if they, you know, do you, I think St. Louis proved to everybody a few years ago that you can even go a little bit further into the season with a bad start and still make it. All you got to do nowadays is limp into the playoffs. That's all you got to do in order to win. And that started a while ago. It's it's every year. It's not the number one seeds that are winning year after year. Maybe last year is a little bit of a different example. Uh, and and But for the most part, uh, it's not it's not that way. So I think there is a, a bit of a longer leash, but it's it's I just think it's market. I think it's market too. I, you I think mean, market pressure plays into effect. Oh here too? my! Are you kidding me? <laughs> For sure. If this if this was in Montreal, like they would have fired everybody. They would have wanted they they would have wanted the the president, the GM, the coaches, the assistant coaches, and five of the top highest paid players. They want them all gone. That's the. I mean, th- this is a story. It's a story. People are talking about it. It's very easy to pick on Keith. It's very easy to pick on him. They're the reason why they're losing. It's not Austin Matthews. It's not Mish Marner giving up hotcakes in the last game that literally cost him a, a, a win against Anaheim. It's not, I mean, it's always going to be, you're always going to point a figure the, the, the thing, the finger is going to be the story. And that's going to be the coach. Just like Vanner said, there's some really, really good coaches out there. Okay. Yeah. It's always wow. going to be the story. Yeah, okay. So let's, let's, I mean, are we talking about John Cooper getting fired? They're sitting at 10 points. Tampa. Is that a story out there? No, because it's Tampa Bay and no one gives a shit about hockey. <laughs> right. And he's, one well, of and I think the other, isn't the other excuse for Tampa, the fact they've played a ton of hockey over the last few years. So slow start and one Stanley is, cups is justified. One like Stanley. Toronto's out in the first round year after year after year with long summers. I mean, they, of all teams, of all the good teams out there, Toronto should be having the best start. 
Yeah, that's not how it works. I mean, I know, it, fucking. You know what I hate? I hate that you you come back with that because it's like it's 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 just it's so it's just such an easy argument. But I appreciate that you're here to squash it. No, I then just, I'm just I turning just, into a typical media guy. Well, look at look at Pitt, right? Pitt had a good start. They go out west and they drop four in a row, didn't they? Didn't yes. They lose? yes, yes, yeah. Play the so Sabers it's, tomorrow it's, night. Right. So is Mike Sullivan on the hot seat? I mean, they got don't they have the exact same record almost as. But again, Brown. there are certain coaches that have maybe a little bit longer lifeline. Okay. Because they play you, in an American market. Um, Tampa Bay and, and John Cooper, Tampa Bay is not playing well. Okay. They are grossly underachieving with the roster that they have. That being said, the pressure, the me, do you remember sitting in a room playing the Tampa Bay Lightning that night? Okay. Do you remember the one? older man that used to come in there and ask us questions. Mm-hmm. Do you remember him? I do. Yeah. I mean, in Tampa, I mean, in, in Tampa Bay from the yeah. St. Pete times paper. I can't remember who it was, but it was, a, it was an I'm older sure man was. Yeah. with his little, with his little recorder is the right. nicest person ever. And he was just, you know, I mean, there was zero and I mean, zero media there from Tampa Bay. You go into Toronto. You go into Pittsburgh, you go into Montreal, you go into Buffalo, you, you have big markets. You have markets that have a lot of coverage and exposure on the team. And, you know, certain markets are going to be different. The, the, the standard and the lifeline for Tampa Bay, they've already won multiple Stanley Cups. Right. right. And, and those examples, forever. those examples I brought aren't the best, right? Cause I mean, I'm talking about John Cooper, Stanley Cup winner, Mike, yeah. you know, Sullivan and this, this and Keith they haven't gotten past the first uh, round but my whole point is my whole point is I, I think you that team is underachieving not because of coaching i don't think because it's it's just the players haven't found the group yet and sometimes it's hard right like you don't think they wanted to go into anaheim and then score seven eight goals and it just didn't work out that way that yeah. guy from the saint so, pete times paper talked to me once you know what he said to me he said is ryan miller still here <laughs> So that's that's the that's the most uh, I've ever spoken to the media in Tampa Bay. Um, Alex Ovechkin has 785 goals with the Washington Capitals. He's one away from tying Gordie Howe for the most with one franchise at 786. Now he's going to pass this. You know he's going to get into the 800s. I think this uh, fact or stat is is overlooked for how incredible it is. Oh, that's it's it will never be broken. Just like I don't think Phil Kessel's streak the other night will never be broken. I, I just I mean, how many I mean he's gonna walk away with eight hundred plus goals. I mean, he might even get to nine hundred. Who knows? That's, where so you're telling me so you're telling me there's gonna be another guy who's gonna score eight hundred some goals? Maybe. I mean, with who knows? One I mean, team? With one team. Absolutely not. We might not even see it ever with with five teams. I mean, Austin I, Matthews I is the I, only guy. I mean, Austin I, I don't know. Right now I don't is, know. Is, is on pace to kind of be in the same situation as Alex Ovechkin. He's right. Not be right. He's so not going to be just forever for seven six hundred more goals. Man, who, who's? I mean, we how many? Know. How many guys have scored eight hundred? Two. Two. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So now good, we're good saying in, in the next 50 years, we're going to have 10 of them all of a sudden, <laughs> maybe because scoring is up. The game is. Well, we're only talking about tailored. players that could and, and have the ability in the game 
as of right now, mm-hmm. you look at the players, you know, even, you know, uh, Connor McDavid, who is, is the best player in the world is not going to score 800 goals. He's not going to get there. He just, he, he's not, well, what's, uh, how many does he have? What's, what's his career goals? It's well, he hasn't even there. scored 40 goals yet. Who are we talking about? Sorry. I Connor was McDavid. He hasn't scored a 40 goal season yet. Yeah. You know, you have Austin Matthews is mm-hmm. the only player besides Alec Ovechkin, who is going to score 800 plus mm-hmm. Alec. You have Austin Matthews is the only current player right now playing the game that has any shot of scoring 800. Any shot. And listen, I mean, you have to have longevity in this game. You have to be healthy. I still, I just, I don't, don't understand how Alex Ovechkin, like for an example, <laughs> it, the, his, the guy that has set him up for probably 700 of, of, of those goals throughout his career in, in uh, Nicholas Backstrom is mm-hmm. out right now. He's injured. Okay. He's on the shelf. And I look at the second leading scorer, Petey, the second leading scorer on on uh, Washington Capitals right now, Connor Sheary, four goals, seven <laughs> points. Boy. My boy, Connor Sheary. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I would have traded him a bit away for literally a bag of pucks, even like less than that, half a bag when he was here in Buffalo. But you know what? Different spot, different opportunity. Different well, spot. But it's, it's, it's the same with that. Uh... I mean, you go back and I'll save our teams, the players they've had, and you you say this, right? But I mean, those weren't good teams. I mean, you you put them in the right situation; they're all good players. I mean, Rodriguez is the same, right? He didn't do much with the Sabers, and he had a pretty good year, and then Pitt there, great a pretty year. good, run. great year, right? So it's that's a, but anyways, yeah. Going back to Obi, I mean, it's just insane. I mean, when you say eight hundred, it doesn't even. It doesn't even make sense, right? For for anyone. I mean, even it's not even fair to ask Matthews who's sitting there at how many goals does he have? 250, 280. Yeah, there there is someone that did the statistics on him and and put the goal scoring that Alex Ovechkin had throughout his his certain games that mm-hmm. were equal to the first five years or whatever. And Alex Ovechkin had scored, you know, 30 more goals or something like that than Austin Matthews, but Austin Matthews is right there. He's very close. Like Austin Matthews is a player that I believe can have multiple 60 goal seasons. If he, if he gets, gets hot because he's that good. 417 game, games, 262 goals. Mm-hmm. It's insane. That's it's insane. Absolutely unbelievable. But and how many is he away still to for 800? <laughs> <laughs> then on. When you put it that he's, way, he's 12 years behind Ovi. Fuck. Give yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> but that's, that's just it. That's 12 more years of 40 plus. He's 524 goals behind him right now. Well, mm-hmm. here you can't score 40. If, 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 <laughs> If Austin Matthews wants any chance whatsoever of being in the top, you know, number of players that score over 800, you have to score multiple 60 goal seasons. Right. But I, I think you've you got to have 40 and then you got to have seasons with 40 plus, 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 yes. plus. Yes. Correct. Remember, you, though, can't have Matthews a, you, you can't have years of injuries in, by this time in his career than Ovi ever has. Yeah, it's I mean. Like you know, Kobe's like, worst year was 32 goals. What a <laughs> shitball year that was. Like, what was he thinking on that year that he completely dropped the ball? He went from 52, his first year in the league, 52, 46, 65, 56, 50, and then he dropped the 32. Did he not work out that summer? And how, how many, many games did he play? 32? 
He played 79 games. He had 32 goals, 85 points, plus 24. But look at the next year after that. He had 38 goals, but only 65 points in 78 games. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, the guy, yeah. the guy's world class. are incredible. 51, 53, 50, 33, another off year. 49, four, <laughs> 51, 48. It's, it's, but he's and barely this, missed, he's barely missed games. He's 38 yeah, it's, years it's, old. Like he's, he's 38 only missed, years old. Crazy, crazy, crazy. And scored again last night. Yeah. 25, 26, 29. Like he, he barely has missed games. He's probably missed minus the COVID situation in the lockout year. I mean, be crazy to think where he'd be at right now because the year they shut the season down in 1920, he had 48 and 68. Then last year he had, uh, or what was the year he got suspended for a couple games? Uh, for four games. That was four games, right? For yep. uh, breaking the COVID protocol. Yep. Yeah. He, threw he wanted to hang out with his buddies. Throw three or four goals into that. Uh, <laughs> four four games suspension. This, you know, if he's four goals shy of Gretzky's record, you can blame the COVID uh, yep. you know, hangout, <laughs> hangout situation in the, lock, in the locker room. But where to from here, Riff? You're producing the show. I think we're, uh, I think we're good here. I think it was a great, <laughs> what a great t- conversation. I loved it. The, you know, the Sabres, the Sabres are, you know, Again, I, this is the one thing that, um, I guess doesn't irritate me, but I knew it was going to come up. I knew this question was going to come up and what do you think it is? Are they going to make the playoffs? Are they going to make the playoffs already? Mm. We're fricking what nine games in and, and Tage Thompson scores six points and the team's looking great. And all of a sudden now the first damn question that we're, we're talking about, are they going to make the playoffs this year? And you know what? It's the last thing that we should be talking about. I hope the media kind of can put a little uh, TSN timeout there uh, on on the question about playoffs and just allow these guys to play. I hope they don't ask questions to these young players about, hey, uh, you thinking about the playoffs? No, they should not be thinking about the playoffs because this team, multiple years throughout this drought, has been in good situations to make the playoffs and have faltered in the second half of the season. So... But you know, playoffs I think are that's, not uh, in, in the first uh, in the first half of the year. I understand what you're saying, but at the same time, that's a that's a good thing, right? Like they they should be asked, "Are you guys ready to make the playoffs?" That means you're you're doing something right. I mean, it's that's a well. Job are they of, asking uh, Tampa uh, Bay? Are they asking Toronto? Are they asking all these other teams? Washington no, because Capitals they're expected. They because were expected. They have did they did exactly. They have been there, done that. I mean, the Sabers have made the playoffs in ten plus years. Now they're looking eleven, like a team. Or eleven, sorry. So and they're uh, six and three record. Could be seven and two. I mean, you can say this. You can go back and say this for every team. I understand that, but there are games yep. where they they could have a better record. So maybe their record now changes their their way of thinking. Because Thomas, um, before we we started having you guys back on when the season started in August or September, we're talking about the Sabers and looking at their schedule and saying they could be two and seven to start the year with the schedule they have. No. Now they're six and three. And that has to change the mindset significantly yeah. inside that locker room. Well, well I think it, it gives them confidence playing running into this November that they have coming up with a tough schedule. Well, to, to me, it's, it's, it's two things, right? The outside noise is, is this team legit? Can they make the playoffs? Can they keep winning games like this? 
But internally, and I do think, you know, Granado and then Kevin are doing a great job. I think internally you, you set a different message. You know, we have to improve week by week, week by week and see where it goes. Where I mean, so I think internally, I don't think that team is, I mean, do they want to make the playoffs? Do they want to make, I'm sure they do. But internally, I think they're realistic and seeing we have this season is we have to find out which young guys or which guys can play in order for us to make that big, big push. But I think from the outside noise, I think it's great for fans. I mean, that's the only disappointing part for me right now is, and I get it, watching the game last night, the, the, the first thing I noticed in the first five minutes, the amount of blue seats. I mean, it was that place looked empty. I mean, is there a attendance? I didn't look at it, I guess. I'm sure somewhere. All the Sabres last year were the, the lowest attendance in the league. And yeah, right now, it kind of surprised me. I thought after that road trip out west, you know, that's it, I thought people would uh, want to come out and see that young talent. So I think that's that's the only surprising part was uh, how empty the building looked. And again, well, maybe that's I don't I don't know what the attendance was, but it it, it looked low. Well, Sabres fans, I think are all, all they're scarred, and I think they've been surprised by early starts before 10 game winning streaks and things like that for it all yes. to fall off for all yep. for, you know, and I, th- I think that I think they're loyal, but I think they also, their kind of their mindset is don't waste my time. And I think a commitment to go to a hockey game and the financial, mm-hmm. I think they just basically want to wait and see how for real this team in Oh three Oh four, my rookie year, we had no, there were very few, I think we averaged 7,000 a game. Okay. It was, it was, but toward the end of the year, we had a really strong push and, you know, we really started to show a lot of like what this team did last year. And then in 05, 06 was the following year. Cause there was a lockout year and that was your rookie year, Tom. Mm-hmm. And if you recall at the start of the year, yep. there were some, the, the, there were some open seats there and there, there were a some, lot of open seats. Yes, there were a lot there, of open seats. And we went on it. We we had a good start to the season. We had a good team. We, no one really knew what we were. And then all of a sudden, I don't remember what the point was, but kaboom, we took off. Yeah. And we started playing. We started competing against the Ottawa's. And we started beating these other good teams that were at the high, height of their uh, of the league. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, the fans started to come. And if you remember the mm-hmm. momentum toward February, March, and April that year as we were kind of closing into the playoffs, it grew significantly. And the fans took off. And I think that's basically all it comes down to is it's trust. It's trust in knowing that that the team is actually good again and feel like they are going to be able to go down and, and not be fooled. 100%. I couldn't agree with you more. But my only my only issue is, is and I'm not blaming one fan or anything. I don't live in the market anymore. I follow it. Is they do have a ton of good young players. And they should, and I'm not saying they're not supporting their team because it is a, a loyal, loyal fan base and it's a great fan base. But then, then I blame more of the Sabre side, right? I mean, I don't know what the ticket prices are, but going into the season, you knew you have young talent. Like there's games I should be promoting with, you know, four tickets, Do five anything tickets to get the fans in there. Do anything yeah. and not, you know, charge less and get people there and get them excited again. And, um, you know, and I, maybe they're doing that. Maybe again, I'm not around there. I don't, I don't listen to uh, Sabres radio and all this stuff. So I, maybe they do market the hell out of it. And like you said, people aren't quite convinced yet, but you can't blame any of them. But uh, they got to find a way to do, you know, I mean, it's it's just, again, I mean, the last 11 years, I look at these teams and uh, 
or the games I catch and it's just a lot of blue seats. I'm like, man, when is this going to turn? I know. And, and I think about, I do think about the players because I think they haven't even experienced Buffalo yet at its oh, they peak got no of idea. what it's like to play here. You know, they have no idea, no idea. This is a, this is an unbelievable hockey market, you know, and yeah. at these, and even the kids that are here now, they hear it, they hear it, they hear it. And I think they're starting to feel it, but they have, they're yet to truly experience it. And when they do, they're going to have a completely different experience as a Buffalo Sabre, in my opinion. Oh, hundred percent. So, I mean, again, I'm, I'm rooting for them. I hope they keep winning and they, they get to experience that because it's, man, it gets fun. I mean, when, when, when that plaza outside gets packed, people get excited. I mean, that town, I mean, look at the bills, right? I yeah. mean, the excitement that the bills are having right now. Yeah. That's what those kids on the, the Sabres team haven't experienced yet. And hopefully they'll get there eventually. Well, Riv missed part of our conversation because he pulled a Huber though. I think he went to take a <laughs> shit. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a lot of these guys. This is their first NHL team. So they don't know what else is out there. But, you know, by with with me playing in multiple different cities, you know, Buffalo is just an incredible place to live if you have a family. If you're younger, yeah, there's there's way, 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 way better places in the league. I can name like tons of them. But if you have a family, okay, if you're a, a middle-aged to an older player like an Alex Tuck who's just starting, you know, uh, you know, he's has has a, a girlfriend or, or or wife and who's starting to kind of mature into the next phases of his life, maybe with kids and stuff like that and building a home. This is this place is unbelievable. Buffalo are incredible fans, incredible people. It's an awesome place to bring up your family. And uh you know what? It's it's a pretty fun environment right now, uh what's going on in Buffalo. So kudos to uh Kevin Adams. Kudos to, uh, you know, the, the coaching staff, because these are the guys that build that environment. Right. And they've done a nice job to this point. We have all, I mean, you guys still live there. I lived there for a while, but, uh, I remember six years ago when Oki was a free agent and one of the teams, you know, I mean, he had coming off, he was one of the bigger free agents and Buffalo was, was on his list. And I remember I had this conversation with him. He goes, all right, tell me more about Buffalo. Why would I want to go there? out of all the places I can go to. I'm like, because I know you, I mean, I played with one of the Islanders. I've known him for my days in Minnesota and Oki's just a family man. I'm like, you're going to love it there. I mean, it's great neighborhoods. I mean, the team is, you know, not the greatest right now, but I said, you can't guarantee you going anywhere if the team's going to be good or not a year from now. But I said, take the team part away from it. I said that that is a, a place you're going to fall in love with. And I think Oki has embraced that city more than anyone on that team currently. Great stuff. Vanner, as always, look forward to next Tuesday, man. All right. See you guys next week. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Craig Reve 52 at the Instigator 76 And you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.